And welcome into 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. My name is Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate you joining us uh, heading into the weekend. John Paulson joins me right now. How's it going, JP? Not bad. Uh, Southern California's got uh, Santa Ana winds going. We've got wildfires. Uh, a whole town was destroyed, apparently, in Ventura County, and there's That's been multiple evacuations, so it's not good. Not no, good at not all. at all. Well, be safe out there, and tell us about the music. Uh, yeah, that was a band that people might recognize, Revivalist. They had a huge song a couple years ago, Wish I Knew You. Uh, that's, this track is called All My Friends. It's on the radio now. It's the number two track off of their uh, 2018 album, Take Good Care. I'll add it to the Most Accurate Podcast playlist on Spotify. Um, if you can't find it there, you can find a link to the to the playlist on uh, any of the podcast posts on 444.com. Hey, we got exciting news. So we have teamed up with DraftKings to bring 444 listeners a free $1,000 fantasy football contest that is exclusive for 444 fans. Here's how it works. Draft your favorite players that you think will play well this Sunday. I personally am going to be playing uh, Aaron Jones. I, I think he's a cheap option that could yield uh, big-time results. Watch your team move up and down the leaderboard and win prizes. It's that, that simple. It's that fun. To play, go to the 444 Twitter page at 444football. Click on the link in the pinned tweet, and you can find out all the information right there that you need. But make sure to get in your lineup by 1 o'clock Eastern on November 11th before it all locks. We didn't get a chance on Monday to talk about the Des Bryant signing. The Saints signed him to a one-year contract. What's his upside, John, from a fantasy perspective? And then how does this impact guys like Smith and Cameron Meredith? Well, Meredith went on IR uh, with the knee injury, so he's been struggling with that uh, all year, and uh, his snaps have dwindled. He was he did play a, a peak of 43, 46% of the snaps in weeks three and week five, and he had a you know a one for 11 and a touchdown in, in week three against your Falcons and five for 71 and five targets against Washington in week five that came off the bye and then played three straight games where he wasn't targeted at all and was playing 17 to 25% of the snaps and then ended up on an injured reserve. I think this Des Bryant uh, signing is to uh, account for this, and he may end up playing uh, 40-50% of the snaps as the third receiver for the for the Saints. I think Traquan Smith's role is pretty safe. If you've been watching Sean Payton's offense over the last several years, he likes to have a speed receiver uh, on the field, uh, it was Brandon Cooks, it was Ted Ginn, and now it's Traquan Smith, and I, I don't think his role is going to change a whole lot. Um, I think Bryant steps in as the third receiver. I don't know if this is going to be a big fantasy uh, role for him. He may catch some touchdowns because he's a pretty good uh, red zone target for, for Drew Brees there, though. Shifting into the injuries for Week 10, Leonard Fournette is practicing in full for Week 10 against the Colts. How concerned are you that he's going to be eased back in with that hamstring injury? A little bit concerned. I have him ranked as a 
I guess it's a low-end RB2 right now. Normally I would probably have him on that RB1, RB2 cusp there at the 12-13 ranking. Um, so I'm a little bit concerned because they did, they did sign or they traded for uh, Carlos Hyde. Uh, they also have TJ Yeldon there, so they don't really have to give Fournette a huge workload in his first game back. Uh, it's not a bad matchup against the Colts, but the Colts' defense is a little bit better this year than it had been years past. By the way, if you're looking for a fantasy defense, uh, pick up the Colts. They've got several great uh, matchups right in a row. Uh, just thought of that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Fournette, uh, you know, I'd be a little concerned using him, but you know, probably with this much time off, he'll probably see his 10 to 15 carries, maybe maybe 15 or uh, 13 to 18 carries. But uh, I also would be – I could see a path where he's limited. I think they're starting to give – Hide seven to eight carries and maybe um, yelled in some of that work in the passing game. Chris Carson trending toward another game time decision this week. The Seahawks travel to L.A. to play the Rams. Didn't practice on Wednesday with the thigh and the hip injuries. Do you like Mike Davis this week? Do you like him as a waiver wire pickup if he's still available? Would you start him? Yeah, I, I like him a lot if Carson's out. I mean, that's not that. I mean, that's not rocket science. There, you don't need a PhD in fantasy football to figure that one <laughs> out, but. Uh, if even if Carson plays, I think he's worth a start. I mean, a lot of times you see this where an injured guy it happened last week with Carson, where an injured guy barely barely gets ready to you know barely is able to play, and then uh, re-injures the, the uh, himself you know early in the game, and then the, the the number two guy takes over, and that's what happened with Davis last week. He had 15 carries for 62 yards against the Chargers. He added. Um, seven catches for 45 yards. He's also had huge games this year. I mean, 21 for 101 and two touchdowns against Arizona with four catches and 23 for 23 yards in that game. Uh, against the Rams in week five, 12 for 68 and a touchdown. Uh, scored 15.5 PPR points in that game. So uh, I think the, the Seahawks realized that their best bet, the best chance to win this game is to um, – run the ball, keep uh, that Rams offense off the field, and you know whoever they have at running back is, is likely to see quite a, quite a few touches. And right now it looks like it's going to be Davis, but we'll see if Carson can get healthy. Sony Michelle was limited on Thursday, but he's trending toward returning this weekend as the Patriots get ready to play the Titans in Nashville. Is he a fringe RB2 if he does play? Yeah, I have him at 28, I think. Uh, he might move into the low 20s, depending on if he can get a full practice in. Uh, I'm a little worried about him. In this in this game, because since Cordell Patterson uh, has done well uh, in his stead, uh, they may not bring him uh, Michelle back and give him his eighteen to twenty five carries that he was seeing weeks four through six. If he's got uh, sort of a, a a banged up knee now, remember his knee injury. We thought it was really serious, and there was a chance that he tore his ACL. But I think he just has a sprained MCL and is is trying to to, to play through it now after a couple of weeks off. The Jets' wide receiver spot is uh, complicated as as usual here. Robbie Anderson remains sidelined at practice on Thursday. He's dealing with an ankle injury. He also sat out Wednesday and Thursday last week before being limited on Friday and then playing on Sunday. Quincy Inunua is also dealing with an ankle injury. He remains sidelined on Thursday. There's some doubt that he's going to play. And oh, by the way, Todd Bowles confirmed that while Sam Darnold won't start against the Bills, he could be active as Josh McCown's backup. So not only are you dealing with the wide receiver position, John, you also have to factor in the quarterback situation for the Jets this week. Yeah, and I would go back to last year where uh, Robbie Anderson really thrived with Josh McCown at quarterback. It was uh, I think he posted wide receiver two numbers uh, for the year with McCown at quarterback. He averaged four catches for 65 yards, 0.54 touchdowns on 7.1 targets from 
uh, McCown last year. Now there's a couple issues heading into this game. The Bills are good uh, against the passing opposing passing games. They do a good job shutting down uh, quarterbacks and and receivers. So there's a little bit of concern there. And then you know Anunua being back in the offense changes the dynamic for McCown. You know Anunua was out last year, so. Uh, we don't know what McCown, you know, how much he'll target uh, Anderson with Anunua, Curse, uh, and everybody healthy uh, or semi-healthy there. But I think for in, in a short week where there's multiple teams on on by, that Anderson is like a big play guy who could get you zero, but he could also get you uh, 20 points if he catches a, a long pass or two. Doug Baldwin did not practice on Wednesday due to the groin injury, but you know he was on injury reports last week as well and wound up playing. 89% of the uh, Seahawks' offensive snaps. Do you feel as though that he will play on Sunday? And then how do you like the matchup with the Rams? Yeah, this one really scares me because he had the knee injury. Now he's got a groin injury. We, you know, the knee's probably not 100% either. Uh, if you look at his matchups or the, the receivers for the Seahawks, their individual matchups with cornerbacks uh, for the Rams, Baldwin has by far the toughest matchup. Nickel Robbie, Robbie Coleman has... Um, Played the best of the of the backs so there. I would be more inclined to play Tyler Lockett uh, against the secondary. Um, so this is certainly a concern. Then you look at what Baldwin has done against the Rams in his last three matchups. He had one catch for one yard, one for six, and then four for thirty-seven going back uh, to last year. So the Rams clearly want to take him away, or they have had success taking him away. So. You know, maybe this is a bounce back game for him and he ends up with two touchdowns. But, uh, you know, all the signs right now are pointing to a quiet game for, for Baldwin. Allen Robinson declared himself 100 percent healthy. He's going to play on Sunday. The he hasn't made a huge impact for the Bears, but he continues to see targets when he is healthy. Is he a wide receiver three? You know, I have him ranked right now as a wide receiver four. I'd be a little bit concerned about this, uh, you know, this game. He's probably going to get uh, Darius's sleigh. Darius Slay's uh, shadow coverage or a lot of coverage from him. Um, you know, it's his first game back after a two-game layoff. His last game, he had you know one catch against the Patriots for four yards on five targets. He was he has been involved. I mean, seven targets, fourteen targets, seven, four, and then six in the previous uh, five games. He caught two touchdowns, uh, one in week four and one in week six. Uh, so he has been involved. I wouldn't feel real confident starting him. Um, in this mat in this particular matchup due to the cornerback matchup and coming off of the, the groin injury, but it does sound like he's healthy. So if you're in dire straits, you could throw him out there. John Ross was a big pickup this week with AJ green out. Ross was dealing with a groin injury, but he's practicing in full for week 10. Looks like he will play when Cincinnati takes on the new Orleans saints. This is kind of another situation where, all right, is, is Ross a wide receiver three? Any concerns there? Well, certainly concerns given his, lack of performance so far i mean it, one one catch in the first two games each of the first two games for three yards and touchdown in week one uh, one catch for eight yards against baltimore in week two three for 16 in uh, week three against atlanta though <laughs> <laughs> two for 52 and a touchdown on two targets I, I this is this is kind of a dart throw like all right i don't have anybody to to, to start ross is on the waiver wire you know aj green is out it's a great matchup against the Saints. He's practicing fully. So, you know, he's likely to play 70, 80% of the snaps. Um, you know, if if two plus two equals four here in terms of him being the uh, a top three receiver for them. I mean, Boyd is obviously the the safest play in this in this offense, but 
Um, I think Ross has got a good chance of catching a long ball for a touchdown. And, you know, the matchup really doesn't get any better than, than what he's got with the Saints here. They're 32nd adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, wide receivers. Sammy Watkins remains sidelined at practice on Thursday. It looks like he could be a long shot to play against the Cardinals. Given that Casey's got enough talent to beat Arizona, you think he plays? Uh, it's looking pretty doubtful. He had an MRI on his foot and I have yet to find the information whether or not this is, was the troublesome foot that was bothering him in Buffalo and, uh, at times and, uh, when he was with the Rams. Uh, but I, I don't think he's going to play. Apparently it's a fairly painful injury for him. So I think he's going to sit this week. And that means I think Chris Conley sees an uptick in, in snaps. Um, there's one game that I can look to where, Watkins was very limited. He played under percent, under 20% of the snaps, and Conley ended up playing 94% of the snaps that game, got six targets. He was against the Broncos in week four. Uh, he only caught four passes for 13 yards. He's, you know, He hasn't cracked 25 yards receiving all year, uh, so I'm not super optimistic about him. I'd, I'd obviously rather start Ross than than Conley, uh, if given the, given the choice. Uh, but he's a decent PPR guy who could surprise and end up with like a, a six for 60 and a touchdown. If, if everything breaks his way. Packers coach, Mike McCarthy, one of John Paulson's favorites, favorites, uh, <laughs> just anywhere in any, any walk of life said that Randall Cobb was limited on Thursday because of the same hamstring, which has been bothering him since week three. He was downgraded to limited on Thursday after getting in a full practice on Wednesday. Looks like Cobb is going to be legitimately questionable for when the Packers line up against the dolphins on Sunday. Yeah. And they play late, which is a problem. So that's four o'clock kickoff. Eastern, uh, we won't really know Cobb's status in the mornings. That's a problem. But uh, Equinemius St. Brown uh, is the third receiver if Cobb is out. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the number two receiver. Uh, And then St. Brown would be the third. Uh, When both Cobb and Geronimo Allison were out against the Lions in week five, uh, St. Brown caught three passes for 89 yards on five targets. He played 74% of the snaps, which is the important thing. Uh, Rodgers doesn't seem as comfortable with him as he does with Valdez-Scantling, which I think is why Valdez-Scantling is playing more. Uh, but uh, St. Brown could certainly surprise and, and have a nice game against the uh, the Dolphins if, if Cobb sits. So he'd be a good guy to pick up uh, if you're looking for, for help this week. But you just have to understand that uh, with the late kickoff, we might end up with in a game where, where Cobb is active and ends up playing 60-70% of the snaps because he's active. Well, here's the good news if you're a Rob Gronkowski owner. The Patriots kick off at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, so it's actually an early game for the Patriots, unlike most of their games, which is off, they're often played at, at uh, night on primetime. Gronkowski remained limited on Thursday with the ankle and back injuries, but we're going to know early on Sunday whether or not Gronk's going to be in the lineup. Yeah, we may even know on Saturday because he typically won't travel if he's not going to play. Uh, so that helps as well. Uh, obviously, this is a bad situation for Gronk owners. Uh, I would have a plan B ready. Um, but as of Saturday, we should know whether or not he's going to play. If he does travel and they're like, well, we're not going to sure he's going to play, at least we'll know before kickoff whether or not he's active. All right, we got to get to our T-shirt winner. We asked everybody that wanted to uh, participate in some fun and potentially win a, a free T-shirt to write a review on iTunes. And a couple, we got we got a, uh, a fair amount of reviews, which is great. So thanks to all who left reviews for the podcast on iTunes over the week. We did pick the winner randomly. Username is Todd M. Bright. Todd M. Bright. So Todd, if you're listening. 
Email support at 444.com to claim your 444 t-shirt. Todd M. Bright, support at 444.com. I feel like I'm making an announcement over like a, a loudspeaker. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, license plate, 4785, you left your head, headlights on. We'll do this promo again later in the year. There, there were only nine entries, so you have a pretty good shot to win if you take, uh, take you know, five minutes or so to leave us a review. John, anything that you wanted to add to the reviews? Yeah, we got nine entries, so next time we do this, there's a pretty good chance you win that win a T-shirt uh, if you leave a leave us a review. So next time, let's do that. Let's get that done. Uh, but I, 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 when I went through to, to look and, and pick out the winner, I did it randomly. I just wanted to see how many we had. You can you can sort by most recent, and I saw we had nine in the last week or so. But you can also sort by most critical. Which is, <laughs> oh, no. which is kind of dangerous. So I just wanted to take a moment. Uh, one, one I saw it wasn't really critical, but they wanted me to explain adjusted fantasy points allowed to a position, and I realized that I hadn't done that in a while. Uh, basically, it's it's like fantasy points allowed to a position that most sites will offer, you know, raw, raw FPA. But what we do at four for four, and I, I built this with. I designed it, and Josh Moore built this in the back end uh, of the website in order to calculate this each week. But we look at the strength of schedule for each defense, and let's say they they face uh, you know a murderer's row, row of wide receivers, uh, and they give, happen to give up a lot of fantasy points. We adjust their uh, fantasy points allowed uh, by their strength of schedule to get us a, a cleaner look at their uh, fantasy points allowed. So if if a defense faces uh, Michael Thomas and Antonio Brown and AJ Green and you know uh, Keenan Allen in consecutive weeks, uh, their their strength of schedule will be uh, adjusted for that, uh, and it's done done with math, which is great, as opposed to just oh let's knock this down ten percent or something. Uh, so it ends up being a pretty clean uh, strength of schedule. I think it's some of the best strength of strength of schedule on a positional basis uh, on the website uh, or on, on the internet in general. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, I just wanted to read a couple of the uh, the bad reviews just uh, for fun. Uh, this one is from Lasagna. Uh, as great as John Paulson is at accuracy, he's just as bad at delivering a decent podcast. Each podcast is pretty short, and it feels like there's at least five minutes of admin stuff. They don't mention a lot of players that you would want more info on. Interesting. I guess their most legit content is behind their paywall. It's a great podcast to play right before bed. If you have a hard time falling asleep, that was a two-star review from Lasagna. Thank you, Lasagna, for taking the time uh, to uh, to leave that review. That was from a while ago. Uh, the other one is uh, this one's called from this is from Farfig Nugan. Uh, Got to take the good with the bad. It says so. It's like okay, but this is a four-star review. So overall, I listen to this podcast for John's opinion and advice because he has money, and that's positive. That's the positive, which far outweighs the negative. But for the sake of a full review, I have to mention the following. You have to get past Paulson's monotone gravel in the voice. No, gravel in the throat voice. Parentheses. Not easy, but Xanax helps. Close parentheses. parentheses. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> and the host per, the hosts persist. They don't even call you by name, Anthony. <laughs> the host's persistent mispronunciation of Kelvin Benjamin. Parentheses. Calvin Benjamin. Yeah, I don't get it either. Close parentheses. There's also the ironic parentheses, but not on purpose, close parentheses, way he introduces the podcast as the most accurate, aka dash podcast. I've I've heard this one before. Maybe it's the same person. I I mean, I 
I, I must just it just must be part of my dialect. I say I say the most accurate, but I I, I mean I guess I'm going to have to just say the the most accurate. But it's just it's just one of those words that that comes out that accurate. way. So I, I yeah I I say it I say it fast. I apologize. That's but it's part of the dialect. But I have I've heard that one before because somebody somebody's blasted me again. Maybe it's the same person. Somebody's blasted me on Twitter about that. But yeah, well, that's so, from 2017. So maybe I mentioned this review to you a while back. So anyway, I thought that would be pretty fun to read a couple <laughs> of those uh, reviews. Those critical reviews. I don't do so. I, I'm what's what's with the Benjamin one? Ke- Calvin Cal, Benj- you say Calvin Benj- Benjamin? I guess is what oh, he's upset about. Okay. I think maybe he's just upset that you don't have exactly the same way of speaking uh, English yeah. as, as maybe he does. Right. I mean, hey, it, it's it's part of it. There's, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't listen to podcasts, um, you know, or radio radio shows where it, it drives me crazy that a host does certain things. We all, we all have certain, you know, kind of crutch words that we go to. It's just, mm-hmm. just part of it. So, But I appreciate the reviews nonetheless. So. <laughs> that is fun. It's kind of like reading mean tweets, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on with the most accurate podcast. And uh, hey, the good news is Benjamin is completely irrelevant from fantasy per, uh, perspectives. Now, yeah, we don't so need to talk about him. That's good. Yeah, unless that's one of the players that the the previous guy that was complaining you uh, about you, uh, he wanted to hear more Kelvin Benjamin. But <laughs> yeah, um, let's talk about Thursday night football. This was anybody since I'm since I'm issuing apologies if you followed my Carolina plus three and a half pick. Uh, I apologize there. I hope to get you some winners on Sunday. Uh, it's been a really good year from that standpoint, but that was that was awful last night. If you took my advice from uh, a betting betting standpoint, as the Steelers waxed Carolina fifty-two to twenty-one. Big Ben five touchdowns, no picks, three twenty-eight. Cam Newton only one ninety-three for two touchdowns and a pick, and a really bad pick at the start because it went for six. He was harassed by Pittsburgh's defensive line all night long. James Conner, 65 yards on 13 carries and a touchdown. McCaffrey had a nice game, 77 yards rushing, as well as five catches, 61 yards, and he had three total touchdowns. And then Antonio Brown, six catches on six targets, 96 yards and a touchdown. Uh, What did you glean from the Sunday night game? Uh, Well, this is a kind of shows what the the passing game for the the Panthers, their floor, if if Newton is not – throwing for more than 200 yards uh, or if he's throwing to McCaffrey and he's getting touchdowns. I mean, you just look at Greg Olson, four for 40 on six targets, Devin Funches, three for 32 on five targets, DJ Moore, four for 20 on five targets. None of these are really useful fantasy lines. I guess the, the Olson line is okay, but uh, just a disappointing out, outing for the, for the Panthers offense, especially since they fell behind, we're trailing the entire game. They ended up, you know, only running uh, 29 plus 22 plays, so it's a 51 uh, total plays. Uh, so, uh, not great, not great, Bob. Uh, so, <laughs> disappointing outing for the for the Panthers. Other than Christian McCaffrey, who just absolutely tore it up, and he had a huge game, I believe, last week as well. So he's really on fire right now. Uh, for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers, great game, obviously. Looking at them, Vance McDonald ended up with a nice fantasy line. I had him ranked fairly high, four for 44. And a touchdown, I think somebody will tweet at us that Vance McDonald is the 4-for-4 four four player of the week because he caught four passes for 44 yards. Nice. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Um, I, one thing I want to mention here is that Le'Veon Bell is flirting with coming back to the Steelers. Apparently he's got a report by next Tuesday in order to 
be able to play the remainder of the year. Uh, a lot of people have been asking, what does that mean for James Conner? It sounds like uh, the Steelers want Bell back as Conner insurance at this point. I mean, he's played Conner's played really well. I think Bell comes back and maybe they're they form a committee, and I mean that's going to infringe on Conner's uh, RB one status. But it doesn't sound like they're going to welcome Bell back and just hand him the twenty to twenty five touches that he was seeing per game last year. So uh, you know, do with that will you will and uh, I think Connor still retains a lot of value if, if Bell comes back let's do some sneaky starts we'll start off with a couple of quarterbacks you like and ironically I've got both of these QBs on on our on my roster John in our league which two oh, do you well, like yeah there's actually quite a few quarterbacks in that QB low you know mid to low QB2 rankings where they've got you know they've been their their production's been spotty uh, but they've got great matchups Baker Mayfield against Atlanta uh, Andy Dalton uh, against the Saints. They're 32nd just to fantasy points allowed. Two quarterbacks. He was a little bit worried about the loss of A.J. Green, but I pulled up some splits. And, in, you know, in the six games that A.J. Green missed over since 2016, Dalton's fantasy numbers haven't dropped a lot. He's, his interceptions are way down. His touchdowns are down, but his interceptions are way down as well. He also runs the ball a little bit more, and his yards per attempt stays, care, uh, stays pretty steady. So, I still think he's a pretty good play against the Saints, and this is a game where the Bengals are going to have to throw the ball more uh, than they probably would like to. Uh, Alex Smith against the Bucks, thirty-first uh, in just the fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, he hasn't been uh, as good as he was last year when he was number three fantasy quarterback, but he's had a couple of decent games this year. This is a good spot for him. Uh, Marcus Mariota against the Patriots, twenty-fifth in just the fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, and then Blake Bortles. 28th and just a fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks at the Colts. If you're willing to take on the chance that he gets benched in any given game, if he starts with two or three interceptions in the first quarter, that's always a, a possibility for Blake Bortles. And by the way, if anybody's wondering why the hell I have both Dalton and Alex Smith on my roster, it's because I had Jimmy Garoppolo go down. I just thought about that. Like, oh, yeah, I handed yeah. out some fantasy advice. Huh? Yeah, nice quarterbacks. Um, yeah, Jimmy G's, we, we have a keeper league, and um, Jimmy G was my quarterback. So just – Throwing it out there. <laughs> um, which running backs do you like this week? Well, we talked about uh, Aaron Jones a little bit uh, early. I think he's this breakout game for him against the, the Dolphins. Uh, Mike Davis, we talked about him. Uh, so how about Duke Johnson? He had a nice game last week, uh, nine catches for 78 yards and two touchdowns. And um, What I noticed with that is that he was they were designing those plays for him. It wasn't just, oh, he's a dump off and here, go run for a touchdown. They were looking at him as a first or second option on some of those plays. So I think this is a, a change with the new the offense coordinator there. Um, you know, we're not going to get the same sort of out, uh, output. We're not going to get, I don't think, 78 yards and two touchdowns. But, you know, against, against the Falcons, 24th and just a fantasy points allowed to running backs. This is a game where the uh, Falcons could jump out to a lead on the Browns and they're going to throw the ball a little bit more than they would like to. Uh, I think he's going to get, you know, four to six catches pretty, pretty easily. The other player that's, kind of jumping out to me in the RB3 ranks is Alfred Morris. Uh, Matt Breda should be f- getting close to healthy. Uh, he's still the best play in San Francisco when he's playing. Uh, but with Mer- Raheem Mostert out uh, for the year, uh, Morris now should be pretty much locked into that RB2 role uh, to where he's getting that 8 to 12 carries per game. And then again, if Breda... Uh, gets injured, like he's gotten injured three or four times this season, then all of a sudden Morris might be a 15, 16-carry type player against a, a Giants defense that's 23rd 
uh, and adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, to running backs. All right, there's your quarterbacks and running backs. What do you got for us from a wide receiver standpoint? Well, I want to mention Marquez Valdez-Scantling again. I, I think for the rest of the season, you're looking at him as a wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. I have him ranked as a wide receiver two this week in a nice matchup against the, the Dolphins with um, obviously Geronimo Allison's out, Cobb is banged up. Uh, but he's he has posted seven for 68 and a touchdown, three for 103, two for 45 and a touchdown, and three for 101 in his last four games on an average of 6.8 targets per game. Uh, he basically took over the Geronimo Allison role after Allison got injured. And if you look at what Allison did the first four games, five for 56 and a touchdown, six for 64, two for 76 and a touchdown, and six for 80 on 7.3 targets per game. So combined, they're on pace. Those two, you know, if you just add their game logs together, they're on pace for a 68 catch, 1,186 yard, eight touchdown season on 112 targets from the greatest quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> the resulting uh, 14.7 fantasy points per game PPR, that would be good for the number 25 per game average right now. So that's kind of how I come up with that, you know, wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. Uh, you know, on a, in a bye week like this, you're going to end up hit with him in the low end wide receiver two ranks. Um, and then I, I think he ends up playing like 80, 85% of the snaps this week against the Dolphins. Uh, as for the other receivers, I think people are sleeping on D.D. Westbrook and Dante Moncrief a little bit against the Colts. The Colts are 24th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Keel and Cole uh, fumbled uh, for the second time in three weeks against the Eagles in London. Uh, ended up getting benched. Uh, he played 23% of the snaps. D.J. Chark kind of came in for his in his role, but I think that boosts Westbrook and Moncrief a little bit. And I also think that Moncrief uh, against his old team might get an extra red zone target or two from um, from Blake, Blake Bortles against against the Colts. So we have a little hashtag uh, old team theorem going this week with, with Dante Moncrief. All right, a couple of tight ends, and then we'll sign off. Uh, yeah, Chris Herndon, you know, he's he had three straight games with touchdowns, and he had 62 yards last week with no touchdowns. I uh, played 64% of the snaps, which was his highest snap rate since week five. And then I went and looked at Josh McCown to see if he'd like to throw to his tight end last year, which was uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, and it appears that he did. Uh, McCown targeted ASJ on 16% of his snaps last year. I think it was only 11 or 12% of the, the passing yards went to ASJ, but then his uh, I think he caught three of 18 touchdowns or something like that, so I ended up with 16% or so of the touchdowns. So I think Herndon is a, is a legit uh, streaming option again this week. The other guy, Ricky Seals-Jones, who really hasn't done all that much this year, he's got 16 targets in his last three games. He's playing a ton of snaps. Uh, this is a game where the Cardinals are probably going to fall behind fairly quickly and have to pass the ball uh, more than they would, would like to. So, you know, looking at the Chiefs, okay, are they good at, are they good at covering the tight end? Not really. 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to the tight end position. Uh and I just think that the workload and uh, snaps and everything gives him a chance, you know, for 50, 60, 70 yards receiving and possibly a touchdown. All right, great stuff as always, John. You can follow John on Twitter at 444 underscore John. You can follow me as well at Anthony Stalter. Good luck to you this weekend as you play in all your fantasy leagues. We will see you on Monday's edition of the most accurate podcasts. <laughs> see ya.